Well, howdy, and welcome back to Point of Rentals, the front porch. Sit back, get comfy, and prepare to learn more about the people that you just haven't found the time to connect with. If you haven't stopped by before, you can find the rest of our conversations with pointers and friends in the rental industry at pointerrental.com porch. I'm Lauren Jewell, and let's get started. Welcome to the Front Porch with Lauren Jewell. So today we have our good friend and occasional voiceover expert, Joel Labras. Like Lacrosse, yes? Y- yes, the correct pronunciation would be Lebois. It's oh. French, but uh, I, I don't expect the general public to, to do that on a day-to-day basis. Okay, then, or just Joel. Let's go with Joel. So, um, yeah, Joel, who are you? Um, where are you from? And what do you do as a senior account manager here at Point of Rental? So, firstly, I am a man. I okay. live here in the DFW area in Texas. Um, I'm actually born and raised here from Fort Worth. Right on. Uh, so grew up here my, my whole life and then uh, eventually made the trek over here to the Grand Prairie. Well, I guess now we're still technically Fort Worth. Yeah, but it's like but east, east Fort Worth. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Early Fort Worth. Kind of Dallas, I'd say. Kind of, almost. This is like that spot in the in the Lion King where like the sunlight reaches and if you go like another two miles then that's where the, the shadow hits but Ooh, okay. um, as a, a senior account manager uh, I deal with um, all of our existing customers um, and it's kind of uh, walking the line of support and sales just kind of figuring out how we can help optimize their system right. um, and really just you know gear them up for success okay very cool So um, I've heard a rumor that you are an exiled North African royalty. I know you just claim that you are from Fort Worth, but what's what's the truth there? It's actually not North Africa. It is kind of East Africa. So my dad's family um, is from Seychelles, which is a group of islands about 800 miles east of uh, Kenya in the middle of the Indian Ocean. But my dad was actually born in Tanzania. Wow. Okay. And Tanzania is Eastern? Yeah. So it's it's East Africa. It's right below Kenya. Gotcha. Okay. Was your dad born on Mount Kilimanjaro? Um, I, I actually don't know where exactly in Tanzania. Hmm. Um, so he bounced back and forth between there and Seychelles uh, as he was growing up and then eventually landed in Ireland for college and then uh, made it to, to Arkansas. So he's kind of been all over the place. So was he exiled from any of these countries? Um, he probably was exiled from a uh, university in Dublin. He mm. was a bit of a wild child from, from what I can hear. But okay. uh, no, we left the, uh, the other countries on, on good terms, Okay, right as on. far as I know. So I am confused with how Arkansas got to Fort Worth. He, he ended up coming over here uh, when he joined the Air Force. Hmm. Um, he was on the base out in... Um, in, in Fort Worth, I think it was Carlsbad. Now it's called something else. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what brought him here to the, the DFW. Right on. Before you came to Point of Rental, you worked in construction. Was there a particular aspect of construction you were doing? Uh, so I worked for a subcontractor. We focused mainly on uh, like commercial warehouses. So uh, we, we did all the fences. We did all the canopies, uh, a lot of structural work. Um, and then, you know, pretty much any odd job where they would just say, hey, can anybody fix this or, or make this? And we would say, yeah, we'll do it. So um, actually some of the, the warehouses about a half mile east of here, uh, Chandler Signs, like I, I was part of the crew that installed the structural reinforcement hmm. on their wall. Okay. So all the stuff in the warehouse district over here in East East Arlington? Uh, or even... all, all over the, the okay. DFW. Gotcha. Right on. 
So I what's the strangest uh, request that you got for, hey, can you go ahead and do this too? So keep in mind, we, we do all this stuff for, for like warehouses. Uh, one day we got asked, can you make us a, a conference room table? And so it was a weird, uh, it was just some iframe that we cut and welded up. And we ended up making like a 10-foot conference table um, out of just structural steel and a plate of glass. Did it look cool or was it, it just kind of like piecemeal together and you were like, yeah? It, it did. Um, I, I don't know necessarily that I would have put that in my conference room. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was, it, was a, it was an interesting time, especially carrying that in because uh, the door didn't fit, so we had to take the doors off. And I was wondering, you know, who, who gave us these dimensions because then it was a little bit too big for the room. But the, the guy that asked us to make it also owned a construction company, so I wasn't going to be asking any Ooh. questions. All right, yeah. Fair enough. So you say you wouldn't put it in your conference room. Do you have a conference room? Um, not yet. Um, I've been uh, petitioning Wayne. He has yet to answer any of my letters at this point. Um, I've, I've even moved from just, you know, actually placing them on his desk to mailing them to his house. Um, <laughs> he asked me to stop. I won't. Uh, not until, you know, I, I get that conference room. So I've also heard that you were an extra for a pretty well-known TV show. How did that happen? So I used to work for a, a staffing company. Part of it was event rental. The other side was uh, me just being a traveling bartender in Dallas. Um, and so one day they sent me an address. I showed up and it looked like it was a building that was still under construction. Uh, spoiler alert, it was, um, but it was also going to be turned into a club for one night. And the club was construction themed. Mm. Um, so we're, we're setting everything up and then come to find out they're filming an episode of The Real Housewives of Dallas oh in the construction themed club. Um, and so I got to, I got to really take a, a peek behind the curtain as I watched them cheer their uh, their champagne flutes together about five times, repeating the same lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was really in that moment that uh, reality seemed to crumble around me when I realized that reality TV wasn't real. Was it an actual party or was it really just just for the TV show as a background? Like, were people actually there for a party and like Desperate Housewives took over or they just kind of said it? Up as a scene. They they set it up as a scene. So oh, like scene. basically they they got everything inside, um, and then just posted about it. I don't know where and said, "Hey, we're filming an episode. Who wants to come drink for free?" Mm-hmm. And then people showed up. Uh, at, at the end, they asked if they could uh, you know show my face. They were gonna have me sign paperwork. I don't want to be tied to this entity at all. So I didn't sign anything. Mm-hmm. So if you look through the episodes, if it actually made the cut. There is a scene in a construction-themed club, <laughs> and there's a man wearing all black with a blurry face. That might be me. So this is what got you into construction. Wow, I never, I never saw the correlation. <laughs> it really could be. Wow. Can I? Can I? Actually, can I just take a second? I need to. I need to sit on that for a sec. All right, I'm good. Thanks. Okay, you're welcome. So, do you want to tell me about your traveling bartender days? Yeah. So it was a. It was an interesting time. Basically, they would just text me and say, "Hey." We have an event going on uh, on, on this day. Um, here's what we need you to wear. Can you work it? I would text yes. And then usually the day before, they would send me the details. Um, so sometimes it was just like a, a house party, and I was just, you know, pouring wine for people. Mm-hmm. Other times, I'd say, uh, you know, a fundraiser, and Kevin Costner is there. Uh, there was one time I did a fashion show, and Stephen Tyler walked through. He does, in fact, actually wear like 32 bandanas at, at like all times. <laughs> I thought that was a myth, but I saw it with my own eyes. It's it's real. Okay. So yeah, it was it was interesting. I 
I did all all kinds of stuff. How did you get into that? So my older brother, I don't remember how he found it. I think he was just trying to find like a temp staffing job mm-hmm. um, and ended up finding that one. Uh, and then they said, hey, do you know anybody else? And then they they texted me and said, if, if you want to come in for an interview, be here in like an hour. And so I dropped everything, drove over there, and then I did that for about two and a half years. Did you already know how to bartend? Or you just... Nope, I had to figure all that out. So it was a... Uh... Were you even of age to drink? No, I wasn't. I'm not sure that what you were doing was actually... <laughs> well, technically, <laughs> as long job? as you have your TABC, you can serve alcohol. Um, I didn't even drink back then, so it worked out. I was like the perfect employee. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to worry about me stealing any of the alcohol at the end of the night. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you're not old enough to drink. You're getting texts from weird numbers telling you what to wear and oh, okay. where to show up. Yeah, yeah. It seems pretty questionable. And then you just end up on TV. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, y'all, y'all put a dark spin on this <laughs> So what brought you to Point of Rental? So I knew uh, Sean Sebastian and Sarah Gayot. Um, mm-hmm. I actually used to be their neighbors. Uh, so I was still working uh, for the construction company. Um, I knew Sean had started here, so me and him just kind of kept chatting. And then uh, eventually he just reached out and said, hey, send in your resume. Uh, I sent it in. I didn't hear from anybody for like three weeks. And then uh, I finally got a call like, hey, come in for an interview. I interviewed, thought I absolutely bombed. I texted Sean. I said, hey, thanks for setting this up. I didn't get it. I appreciate you. And uh, then I think about a month went by, and they're like, hey, we want to set up a second phone interview. And I was like, okay. So I pulled over on the side of the road, had that interview. Then it was like another two weeks. And then they're like, yeah, we sent you an offer letter. You're going to sign it? And I was like, all right, let's let's do it. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history. This was about a year and a half ago or so? A little bit over a year. A little bit over a year, okay. So so what did you think was the most impressive part about your resume that got them? Was it the travel bartender or Mm -hmm. the construction and ability to build a table? Um, I'd actually say it's neither. Sean, Sebastian, got me this job. He gassed me up big time before I even walked in the door. So treat your friends right. They might do the same for you. What have you been able to pull from your previous jobs that have really helped you in your point of rental career? Hmm. With the the bartending, like I said, part of it was like event rental. So I'd be doing anything from, you know, prepping the the linens, taking the chairs and tables, putting them on the trucks and actually get them set up at the event. Uh, So I got a little bit of taste of the event rental industry from there. Um, I got a little bit of a taste of the equipment rental industry uh, from the consumer side on the when I was in construction. And just because for pretty much all these jobs, we would have to rent some type of uh, machinery to, to make it work. Um, and then my, my dad actually has an IT company, which I've kind of worked on and off for for a long time. So kind of all three of those aspects helped me a lot with this job. Oh. So I don't think Sean had to talk you up that much. It sounds like you've actually had quite a bit of experience with the rental industry. I didn't talk about that. I didn't even realize it until like a month in when I started. I was like, wait a minute, I've done all of this. <laughs> there you go. And what's your favorite part of working here? I, I honestly really like helping people. I, I like being able to, to talk with our customers and they say, hey, we have a problem. Um, and then I can respond and say, hey, well, you know, we have a solution that's X, Y, Z. Here's how it's going to help you. That's that's really what, what I enjoy about the job is I get to help people, um, you know, better their lives, get to, to set them up for success. Uh, you know, some, some of our customers are larger. A lot of them are like these mom and pop stores. So, uh, you know, any changes that they do to their system, it, it really does affect them. Uh, so I like being able to, to help them with that. Right on. 
very um, kind of service oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Whew. Sometimes you can smell when it's been a tough day at work, and so can your coworkers. That's why you should try Point of Rental software. It does a lot of the heavy lifting needed to keep a rental business running. And because it's software, it smells as fresh as it did before doing all the work. By saving money and work, you'll come out smelling like a rose, too. So, Julie, you've recorded a couple of advertisements for us here on the podcast, and you've appeared in a couple of videos, um, and you were an extra in a TV show um, before coming on here. Is acting something that you are considering to pursue? Uh, I don't know about pursue. I was, I was always acting growing up. I actually thought I was going to be an actor. I was, like, so serious about it when I was, gosh, probably junior high. Hmm. Um, and then I started uh, going to like the community theater, and then like right out the gate, I started getting like the lead roles, and I was like, "This is my calling, this is my passion." And then just kind of never really got into it once I uh, I started high school and got into to sports and music. Hmm. I'm thinking I'm just gonna pursue uh, becoming a podcaster. Oh, and uh, you know. Are you coming for our jobs? No, no. This one, this one's gonna be um, based around cooking, um, except that we don't talk about cooking. It's actually just politics and religion. So <laughs> that way we can just make sure to alienate as many people as possible, and then I won't feel bad when like only three people listen to it every year. Okay. Well. Well. Best of luck in those <laughs> Thank pursuits. You. Thank you. So you mentioned music there. When did you you got into music in high school then? Uh, well, I got serious in high school, so I've been playing drums for 14 years now. Okay. So I started yeah. out when I was I was 10. How did you decide on drums? I feel like that's not something like your parents necessarily encouraged their 10-year-olds, like, yes, here, here's yeah, a drum so set. so what had happened was mm-hmm. my brother had started piano lessons. Okay. Uh, he is three years older than me, and my mom put me with that same teacher, so he would have his lesson, then I would have mine. About two weeks in, the teacher, I kid you not, looked my mom dead in the eyes and said, I can't teach your son. He'll never learn to play piano. And so I dropped that and then picked up the drumsticks. And uh, it turns out drummers are just a lot cooler, especially the teachers. And so 14 years later, I'm still hitting stuff. Still taking out the aggression from the lady who said that you would never get to learn the piano? Miss Kimball, I remember you. I just want you to know that uh, the words you said fueled the fire inside of me. I'm told you're an excellent chef. Your chili and your Italian food are amazing. I have many follow-up questions for you. Um, but, I mean, I guess, first of all, is that true? Like, uh, Italian food and chili, are those, like, your two main specialties, or do you have other specialties? I, I have some some others. Those are the ones I, I normally like to tell people about because that's, that's something most people are willing to try. Okay, that's, like, the milder of what your specialties are? Mm-hmm. Okay, fair yeah. enough. We'll get into the less mild ones here later, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with basics. Where did you learn to cook? Uh, so that would be my parents. Okay. Uh, I always grew up, my whole family cooks, so uh, it was either my mom or my dad, you know, we'd always be in the kitchen helping them. So, like, having meals at home, sitting around the dining room table, happy days displaying in the background, kind of theme music, that sort of stuff? Pretty much, yeah, 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 except uh, instead of what a normal American family would eat, it would always be, like, Mediterranean or or Indian food. Mm. 
And uh, we would also have the the Lion King soundtrack playing every, oh, every night. Okay. Yeah, I guess if, you're, if your dad has kind of traveled around and wherever your mom kind of fell into the picture with that, like I would imagine you all kind of have cooking skills kind of from around the world. Yeah, so with, with my mom, she learned some, some recipes uh, for my dad. Some of the other ones were just people that she grew up with um, or went to college with, and you know, their cooking skills just kind of rubbed off on her. But she is all over the place when it, when it comes to the dishes. What do you consider to be your best dish? I make a mean crab boil. I'm, I'm recently getting into like boils now. Okay. Um, not the kind of your skin, but the kind that you consume. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Well, um, that would have definitely been one of the uh, people are not willing to try this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say just because I've I've experimented with it probably the most in the past couple of months would be uh, my, my seafood boil. So to give you guys a little bit of background, my parents have like the regular spice cabinet, mm. and then we have the ethnic spice cabinet. And both of them, just one of them is bigger than like any spice cabinet that I've seen at anybody else's house. So actually there's three levels. One of them's for like the different oils too. We do it big. So what what is your spirit spice then? My spirit spice? Yeah. Probably garlic. How so? Because of vampires? Do you just scare them? Well, that and, you know, I don't know, just there's something about garlic that just... Makes your eyes water? Well, that's onions. Oh. But uh, gar- I do I do like me some onions as well. But I feel like just garlic it just has this energy of health, well being. Um, I cook with it probably more than any other spice. So yeah, if if I had a spirit spice, it'd, it'd be, be it'd be garlic. Hmm. Tell me about your your famous chili. Do you, you know, believe in beans? I in do. Your chili? I, it depends who I'm making it for. Okay. I I have somebody that's had my chili before and. I, I don't know what experience they had, but when she sees them, like, she cries. Okay. Uh, Good so, cry or a bad cry? Like, a bad cry. Oh. Like, oh. like a, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. So I've made it without beans. I normally like to put it in there just because it's, you know, some added protein and kind of just fills up the pot. But, uh, you know, normally I'll make it with, uh, you know, some, some ground beef. Um, I like to brown some bacon with onions um, and throw that in there. I'll use the... Uh, you know, roast some jalapenos and put that in there as well. Uh, see, I also put chorizo in my chili, which some people don't know how to handle, but I, I find it adds a different layer of texture and, and flavor to the the overall taste. Mm. Um, and then after that, it's just, you know, as much spices as I can possibly put in there without ruining it. Okay. And uh, you... If you ever meet somebody that eats chili without sour cream and cheese, um, that's a serial killer. But does your friend who cries when she sees your chili generally like the chili? She did, yeah. She liked it a lot. She just can't do beans. Do you want to tell anybody anything about your cooking other than your chili? Mm. Give some light into what those strange food... You can answer the question I ask everyone else is, what's your favorite sandwich and why? Okay. So this is, well, I'm about to be really vulnerable with you guys. I know because it's it's usually a mixed crowd on this answer. I grew up always eating tuna fish sandwiches with my dad. And so to this day, every now and again, I'll just be like, I got a hankering for it. So, but we we do ours a little bit different. We put um, 
like a little bit of lemon juice and cilantro. And I'm not even kidding, we do put that in there. And then uh, I, I toast the sandwich and uh, it's just uh, every bite is a little bit of nostalgia. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your favorite sandwich. I'm sorry it was the wrong answer, but no. thank you for sharing and being vulnerable with us. You're welcome, I guess. <laughs> you are a thrifter. Um, what is your thrifting strategy? And are you looking for things that are undervalued or things that have style that transcends the era or just looking for weird thrifting things? Kind of all over the place. Um, you know, Goodwill always has, you know, usually like some good ties or every now and again you'll find like an interesting jacket. Uh, normally what I've been doing lately though is finding like antique clothing shops mm. um, just because you can get some pretty cool stuff and it's usually dirt cheap, which is the main reason that I thrift. Yeah. Save some money, find some mm. cool things, conversation pieces. I mean, you know, I just, I don't like being like everybody else. Mm. So if, you know, I'm wearing a shirt and, you know, let's say I got it from Target and somebody else is wearing that shirt, you know, mm. I just... I feel like a failure. Mm. There was a couple times where I found like this uh, this polo jacket and I copped it for three bucks. And I always got a whole bunch of compliments on it. And then people were like, where can I get that? I'm like, you can't. Mm. And after that, I was like, this is, this is me now. This is what I do. Five important questions. Five important, Five important questions. questions. Five important questions. What would you say is your greatest success in life? There is a, a company that was uh, starting up called To Blanket. Um, it was a table in a blanket all in one. Um, had some speakers and a cup holder just for fun. Um, and uh, they, they asked me and my friend to write a jingle. So we wrote a jingle and they ran with it. And don't want to stand It's a blanket Is what you really need in your hand It's a blanket and a table All in one Add a Bluetooth speaker And you're ready for fun You can add an umbrella For a unique look And when you're ready to go It folds up like a book It's a type of gear For any time of year There's one for you And you can get it here People always wonder What I'm sitting on People always wonder What I'm sitting on People always wonder What I'm sitting on This is the blanket It's a blanket Which is essentially Just a blanket That they put a table on with an umbrella, and made it a uh, marketable product. How do you find these jobs? Hey, that's networking, man. <laughs> that's how you do it. It's just networking. Okay. All right. If you could tell first day at Pointer Rental, Joel, one piece of advice that would lead to becoming a successful pointer, what would you say? It is okay to take breaks. If you work yourself to the bone, all you're left with is uh, a protruding bone. What is your most embarrassing moment as a pointer? It was like probably my fourth day that I was here and I was, you know, just dressing to the nines. I wanted to make a really good impression. And uh, the fourth day I walk in the office and my belt buckle just like decided it was going to explode at that point. Um, so for like a whole day, because it was like right in the beginning when I got here, I was walking around with my shirt tucked in and no belt, and which is really not a big deal. But I just felt like such a fraud walking the halls of this office without any apparatus to, to keep my pants on my waist. Apparently it's now illegal for you to show up to work without your shirt tucked in um, and having a belt. So you are sentenced to death. Probably death by bagpipes um, is the most likely case um, for this. So um, my question is, with you being such a 
grand cook, what would your last meal be? Why? It'd be my mom's beef samosa. What is a beef samosa? So it's like a, a little meat pastry. Okay. Um, so it's usually in a triangle shape. Okay. Um, it's filled with, uh, you know, meats, veggies, spices. Uh, depends how you make it. Some uh, people only do potato ones because they, uh, they don't eat beef. Mm-hmm. My family does. But we also eat the potato ones. We don't discriminate. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? I wish that I was like 6'5", because uh, my genetics is what stopped me from joining the NBA. Yeah, I just I just wanted to dunk on some fools, I'll be honest. I just wanted to like really go hard in the paint. Tell me something that you didn't believe when you were younger, but eventually came around on. That sushi can be good. I grew up my whole life hating sushi, and I had people try and change my mind, like take me out to a really nice place. Um, and then I would go and I would just be disappointed and my wallet would be a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, within the past four months, I tried sushi and uh, something clicked. So if you could change one thing at Point of Rental, what would it be? If I were to change anything at Point of Rental, I think it would be that we have unlimited Cheez-Its again. We used to have the Cheez-Its, but I used to feel guilty for the amounts I ate, so I would still go buy my own bags. But I just, I'd like to know that, hey, Joel, like if you've ever fallen on a tough time, if you just need someone to, to lift you up just a little bit, if you need just to catch a break, you could get a little little shot glass full of Cheez-Its. Um, whoever's supposed to be doing that, if, if y'all could, you know, kindly get on that. I've been going through a tough time lately. Uh, but yeah. Who is the next pointer that I should talk to for this podcast? Taylor Dees in IT. He's quite possibly one of the most interesting people I've ever met in my life. Um, and you should ask him about the guitar that he's building. Well, thank you, Joel, for chatting with you. It's been a delight talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening today. We'll keep the porch light burning for you. I'm, I'm awesome. I'm pretty great. I just keep thinking of comments that have to do with death. I now believe in the power of sushi. I don't think the fish can stand for it either. My best friend is a fish. Do you ever sell seashells by the Seychelles seashore? I told you that in confidence, Lauren. <laughs> I would chow down on my mom's Hot Pockets. Is this why you're exiled? I really don't know how to move on from those kind of <laughs> responses. I had to diversify my portfolio of violence. So is it kind of like a lasagna? Okay, I'm a serial killer, I guess. I think that's a hobby that should stay separate from work. Family. This cookie isn't special. Stop living like sheep.